just to be real, you know, we it was established here because life for people of color was not good. Welcome back to Jordy Radio, everyone. Happy February 1st, but more importantly, happy Black History Month, you guys. I hope you are doing well. We haven't talked since New Year's, and that's on me because I needed to take just a little break. Ever since I've moved from home to the other side of the country, I've honestly felt a very big shift in my heart, if that makes sense, towards the subject of being an African-American woman. I may have denied that to myself my entire existence and may have been let go for saying I was black on air, but now I am embracing my difference. And with this platform, I would be doing myself and you an injustice by not having Black History Month conversations. I think it may be uncomfortable for you. It's definitely uncomfortable for me, but I think this is what we need to do in order to learn and grow from our past so we can have a much more beautiful future. Am I right? Today's interview is with the Spokane NAACP. So grab some tea or some coffee. Let's listen and learn. I want to start this interview by welcoming a very important organization to Jordy Radio as we kick off Black History Month here on the show. Now, this is an organization that I wish I had known about personally or had access to growing up as a half African American girl growing up in Eastern Washington. So that is why right now I want everyone to have access to this wonderful an important organization. And I'm so excited, so happy to have the vice president of the Spokane NAACP, Vice President Curtis Robinson. Yeah, glad to be here, Jordy. So glad, so thankful uh, for you uh, inviting us to, uh, you know, just have a conversation, especially during this uh, important age and this wonderful month, right, for our people. 
Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's go ahead and dive in. You know, as I was getting prepared for this interview, I was telling some close friends, you know, I am having this interview with the NAACP and they're like, who is that? And I was just like, you know what, I'm going to save it for the show. So can you give us just like an introduction and like history to the organization? Well, yeah, the NAACP is, you know, and the acronym stands for the initial stamp for the National Association for the Advancement of Colored Peoples. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so it was established, I believe, in 1909. Um, And uh, so I think we're working on what, 113 years old. Uh, Wow. uh, Yeah, huge, right? So it was, you know, and it was in the, you know, and the, the organization has had just a incredible impact uh as as far as um you know civil rights uh nationwide mm-hmm. um we have a huge national organization uh and in every all over the united states and in every city um there is almost every city across the nation there mm-hmm. is a branch of the NAACP okay um, so there's that kind of like uh uh, singular, intimate, yeah, Con- and then as well as the national connectivity. Wow. Okay. So started in 1909. Why, why, and when did like Spokane realize they needed the chapter, and why has it been like so important? Well, so our chapter is uh, started about ten years uh, after the national branch, so uh, uh, 1919. Okay. Second. Um, and I had the honor of being the president during the centennial celebration. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I couldn't even speak. I was so choked up. I'm like, oh, oh I'm sure. What an honor. Yeah. I'm the president. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kissing <laughs> babies, shaking hands. <laughs> yo, yo. Um, you know, and just to be real, you know, we it was established here because life for people of color was not good. Uh-huh. And uh, so, you know, unfortunately, um, as it continues to be so today, there are uh, allies across multiple levels of class and race um, yeah. that have banded together to really address the deep rooted uh, American issues with racism and uh, oppression. And so sure. some of those uh, allies and co-conspirators uh, got together and not only formed the national branch, but continued to move around the United States and form the local branches, including ours. Yep. So can you walk us through, you know, like what being a black person in the Spokane or Eastern Washington area was like at the time that the chapter got started? You know, I, it's, I mean, I can, I can project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Right. So, you know, I mean, we're, 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 there's so many things happening and I'm not captain historical scholar whatsoever, yeah, right, right. Right? right? I'm just a guy trying to pick up the baton and move forward from yep. what's going on. Um, yet, you know, we with that has had to come some glimpses into the past. And, you know, I mean, we were marginalized, we were ostracized, we were slavery, mm-hmm. we were in, we were uh, running from slavery, we were encountering, um, when we finally did get to what looked like a safe harbor, um, yeah. at first glance, then the deep-seated uh, uh, issues of oppression and uh, racism would start eventually coming out. And that's what yet what happened here in Spokane. So, um, mm-hmm. and you know, the, the, our, our black and brown people were not the only ones, you know, I mean, when I say black and brown, uh, you know, I'm also talking about, you know, our, our, our native uh, 
the human family. I'm talking about yeah. our Asian human family, specific Pacific yep. Islander human family. I mean, we all ran into it here, right? right? So there were multiple levels of it would be okay up to a point, but then when, as we saw with Black Wall Street, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that when we mm -hmm. started getting, when we started finally getting, you know, somewhere and making making a way, then they yeah. would come and start, you know, uh, crashing the party. Right, 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 right. So it's been over a hundred years. Can you kind of give us some important events that the organization has either like helped with or witnessed that have been like a huge part of black history? Well, for sure, the uh, NAACP and, and especially Carl Maxey, right, um, mm -hmm. uh, had a huge impact on housing uh, discrimination here in Eastern Washington. Um, okay. He, uh, he um, and the NAACP just went toe to toe with uh, realtors as far as addressing their redlining, um, as far wow. as dealing with the racial covenants uh, that are still on the deeds to this day. Obviously, they don't have any meaning because of federal mandates, right? But sure. um, they're still there. And, uh, you know, yeah. we really have Carl Maxey to, to thank for that and the NAACP. Um, yeah. And that's, that's one of the ones that sticks out in my mind the most, right? Because, sure. you know, this happened in the, uh, in the 60s, right? And um, I believe it's the 60s. And so at that same time, you know, we had all the civil rights stuff happening. And, mm -hmm. you know, and so in that whole age, you know, there was a lot of very intentional litigation and movement towards uh, not only taking a very serious look at uh, the Jim Crow laws and the things mm -hmm. that even though they, you know, we were, uh, uh, they said that we were free, you know, what really, when you looked at it, it was really, you know, very boxed in and limited freedom that essentially pointed yep. us back towards, you know, a more comfortable form of slavery. Sure. Right? Sure. More so, modern day. Yeah, exactly. So we could live in that. We could live on the property, but we had to have the back house. Right? Sure. Right. 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 So um, that that sticks out to me. Um, and not really, you know, as far as the local stuff, that's the thing that just really kind of hangs out in my consciousness the most. I know there were other things. Uh, I, I think the spokesman review uh, just last week talked about uh, discrimination at a drinking fountain that went on 100 years ago that the NAACP oh, wow. was involved in litigating over and That's over amazing. again. And yeah, and went through it for years. So we have just been in the dogfight over here ever since we got here and for a good reason, right? So totally. the NAACP was uh, originally here, was founded in a, as as you find with most of our um, um, civil rights organizations in the black church, right? So mm -hmm. we were foundational mm -hmm. in the black church. Our first presidents were black church members and following presidents sure. after that, you know, we had, um, uh, uh, Frank Stokes, uh, uh, V.N. Smith, you know, I mean, just some real prominent names, Carl Maxey. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so, we, you know, we've had we've we definitely had a lot of uh, very important, powerful and meaningful and, and intentional people, uh, black and brown people at the helm of this particular organization for a long time that have been uh, in the dogfight of civil rights here and are in the dogfight today. Right. So you, before, you know, before we hopped on, we were kind of chatting and you said you've been in Spokane since 2003. How has, you know, being a big part of the organization and just seeing, you know, time go by, you know, 2003 to now 2022, how do you think the Spokane, Eastern Washington area has progressed in terms of um, being better and maybe more areas where the area needs to um, work on? Well, whew. 
I will say this. We have a lot of work ahead of us. Mm-hmm. I agree. I could not agree more. We, um, as much as we've um, made some advances, right, in housing mm-hmm. and development and, you know, um, job discrimination and those kinds of things, we've also uh, ran into a lot of uh, setback. Uh, one of the things that has been uh, dominant in my mind is, you know, and here's a great victory for us here locally, right? We finally got the Office of Civil Rights established here, right? Oh, and wow. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, the pilot program, right? And they, and so here's the thing, though, they were fighting for that 100 years ago. Right, 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 right. right. So it took 100 right. years for that office to even think about finally getting established. And what we're at right now is just a pilot program that has additional- When did that start? Uh, this year. Or it started last oh, year. No. It started last year. You're kidding me. Nope. Nope. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, okay. Right now it's in the pilot stage, right? And <sighs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> so here's the thing, right? So- you know, when, when I talk about how far we have to go, the real dance that we've been doing and that we've been having to live with, uh, which is absolutely an oppressionistic dynamic, is the fact that all of the civil rights violations that the system has has perpetuated, mm-hmm. basically ignored, right. continue to uh, re-perpetuate through its ignoring and doing anything meaningful like developing an office of civil rights for the second biggest population in Washington state, right? Absolutely. Uh, that um, it's put the responsibility for addressing the harms of these civil civil issues on the backs of mm-hmm. volunteers like the NAACP. Yeah, and now, you're so right. Um, yeah, and now so many others. So, um, you know, it's it's been a real, um, from my view, it's been a real um, challenge uh, for us to not only deal with the weight of that, mm-hmm. right, deal with the... Uh, um, interpersonal trauma and organizational mm-hmm. and community trauma uh, that right. happens with that, um, survive it, and then find some way to link up in advance. And so in the years that I've been involved, there's been a real uh, sustained and continues to be sustained movement for other organizations to come in and help fill up the gaps, uh, mm-hmm. other community, uh, BIPOC community organizations, and for us to link up together. Sure. Right. And then and then to also follow that NAACP model of also linking up with our allies. Right. Right. Caucasian uh, uh, human family that also knows that this uh, that this cannot and needs not to continue. So, you know, we're getting there. Right. We still got a long ways to go. So in that same realm of like we still have a long ways to go. What can people from the area like do to make it better? Well, um, you know, things like the thousands of people that showed up during the George Floyd and Breonna Taylor marches, that was great. Mm-hmm. And that was very yeah. pivotal, right? Totally. Um, yet there there seems to have also be like, uh, um, and, and as usual, right? So we're, the dominant culture is the dominant culture for a reason. Right, right. Because it set things in motion that appeal to stuff that people have, you know, that that is a borderline like necessity and also have some like cognitive and uh, buy-in on, right? Yep. So um, I think what we've seen is that uh, even though they can they cannot ignore something like George Floyd and Breonna Taylor mm-hmm. and so many others on mm-hmm. 
you know, uh, social media happening. Right. This has still been something that's been happening this entire time. It didn't just start with these folk. Right. So sadly, so correct. Yeah. Yes. But it's they're now just physically seeing and like putting it together. You yes. know, yes. And to understand that reality that just mm -hmm. because that's not on social media today. Right. That trend is still happening. And to really operate now from a foundational reality that that is the place that we are in as a country. Right. And that the only way that that's going to change is not just by marching out on the streets, but who we put in office and the 100%. laws that support that. And part of right. that has got to be holding law enforcement accountable for, uh, mm -hmm. you know, for the things that they and the atrocities that they committed in huge quantities right. for our black and brown people. You know, law right. enforcement was developed to be the arm of the dominant culture. Right which I did not know until recently doing my own research, but it stems back from, you know, catch it. Like they were the people who caught the slaves who ran away. Yes. And so it, I, that's a history that I was, my mind was blown. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. So it goes back so much further than I think most of us realize. Yes. Yes. So much. And to really come to terms with that, we, we've all been swimming in that water. Right. Mm -hmm. There's been an intentional miseducation. There's okay. been an intention. I see it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so and then and, and like all of this uh, stuff about, you know, all this pushback about critical race theory, mm -hmm. it's just a cover. Right. Because if they if they wanted the truth, <laughs> mm -hmm. we'd already have it. Yeah, it's 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 here. Yeah, yeah. we can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, really just um understanding that that's just where we're at as human family and let's take it to that place to where we the people actually means we the people not we the dominant mm -hmm. culture or we the white people yep yes i love it so it's it's 2022 what is the naacp in spokane working on right now um like what does this year look like for you guys what are you, are you working you know are you fighting against anything like what can we all do to help you guys? Well, we definitely need, you know, everybody's vote matters, right? Yeah. So, okay. um, you know, we definitely need to expand uh, voting legislation and not restrict it. Um, right. We need to uh, make sure that the culture that we have set in place here, as far as the culture of our law enforcement family, because let's, let's face it, they're our human family too. Right, right? of course. And right. Um, so we've set them up to fail us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we set them up as, and it's just normal human development stuff. You cannot raise a healthy human being and not hold them accountable for their actions. Right. right? right. So we have to train that culture to understand that being held accountable is not a dig. It's not a slight. It's not, we're saying your lives don't matter. What we're saying right. is that we care about you and you can do better. And when you do better by us, you will do, we will do better for you. Yes. Right. Yes. Yep. And so that's a that's a that's a big thing uh, happening over here. So the law enforcement um, accountability and transparency um, and the Spokane NAACP, as well as uh, the uh, state area conference, is well immersed in those conversations. We're also uh, taking a very serious look and they're having several debates on the floor that, that have also just recently happened about black wealth, you know, black mm -hmm. and brown wealth. Um, so that is a huge deal because that's a legacy. Right. Absolutely. Right. Um, so we're also looking at the um, the issues of 
uh, the um, there is a bond um, that is looking to be uh, implemented for for um, um, uh, poor families and poor children on welfare and and so uh, to to on Medicare and Medicaid and that kind of stuff to start setting sure. them up with a fund, right? Okay. So that by the yep. time they reach age, that they'll have mm. even though they've they've been poor for that period of their life, right up until sure. their adult age, that they've at least got some college tuition based on the fact that they've been under those services. That's right? beautiful. Yeah. So some uh, sort of like leg up in something that's, you know, when they're down. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, let's see, what else we're looking at? So we're, we're also uh, deeply e immersed in um, the decisions around the, um, uh, the impacts of substance use disorder, mm -hmm. right? Because self-medication yeah. is, you know, is a real prominent thing. I mean, you know, if you're sure. not going to help us, mm -hmm. we'll help ourselves, right? Yeah, definitely. And so that, unfortunately, you know, that has that has not um, uh, been a very healthy thing for, mm -hmm. um, you know, human populations to engage in, especially here in the Americas. And there's been a lot of profit based on those addiction dynamics, right? So we're really sure. looking at not only removing the um, the the issue of criminalizing um, uh, substance use disorder, you know, and we're not talking about holding people, we're not talking about not holding people accountable, right, right, for, the, right. for the things that we do, but we're talking about going back to the underlying causes, which are poor social conditions, mm -hmm. um, lack of resources, you know, generational trauma, personal trauma, right. and really right. looking at, you know, the what's going on with justice-involved people, especially justice-involved people with substance use disorder uh, dynamics yeah. uh, from a uh, from a holistic wraparound place instead of from a punitive perspective. And sure. yeah. So the NAACP, uh, the local branch, and our state area conference and our national branch are involved in all of those conversations mm -hmm. as well. Those are huge conversations. Yeah. Yeah. So important for the whole community as like a literal whole. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 it's one of those things too. And 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 so I was working with a group today that a person spoke out and and thought, hey, that's great. I've got my voting rights restored, right? And we we're talking about the justice involved mm -hmm. population. And that's great. But my vote doesn't matter. Mm. And I said, there it is. Right. Right. Because you've been, the hiccup. yes, because we've been so ostracized and so generally marginalized that this thing called I've, I've termed it as multi-generational cultural resentment. Mm. And we have a right. Yes. Right. Right. We're, and right. we're right. We have the mm -hmm. right and we're right. You yes. Know, if we're going to affect meaningful, sustained change and really move this country towards the best ideals of what it can be and what's embedded in the Constitution, but has yet to fully manifest, if mm -hmm. we're going to move towards that, then we have to start with base, uh, addressing those those basic mindsets of, mm -hmm. uh, of our marginalized populations where we think that our vote really doesn't matter. And really right. reinvigorate that self-agency and the importance of every individual voice having right. meaning and determining the, the destiny direction of this country and especially right. our Eastern Washington community. Yep. Like advocate for yourself is advocating for the rest of us, you know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So my last kind of question for you as the vice president of such a big, important organization in the area, can you explain to us like why black history month is so important to you and why it should be important for anyone listening 
there, I mean, there's, there's, we have so much beauty and culture and uh, rich, wonderful spirit about us. It's, it's really about that time to celebrate and lift that up because mm -hmm. what we've basically seen is we've seen everything else. That's not that we've been trained mm -hmm. to not look at black. Oh, well, the civil rights, that was just kind of a blip in the thing. No, actually right. that was the, that was the Renaissance and the awakening totally. of our people right. and our right to right. be people and to be seen and to be heard and to be felt and mm -hmm. be understood and to express ourselves and then yes. to start capturing and, and spotlighting the beauty and wonder that in many ways has, 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 uh, you know, through cultural appropriation and minimization, they tried to take from us. It's to mm -hmm. really lift that up and celebrate that. Take a moment and breathe that in and know right. that we are loved and we are valued. We are deserving. We are beautiful. We are wonderful. And, yeah. and being black and brown is nothing to be scared of. It's something right. to be embraced. And let's yes. even explore that some more. I love that, Curtis, because kind of like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, you know, growing up. I was often like the only black girl in most of my classes. You know, I was the only black person in my family growing up in Spokane. Um, most of, still most of my best friends in the area are all white, you know? And mm -hmm. so I guess I'm just thankful to have this connection now, even though I'm 28 years old and could have used it when I was eight, right. but I'm just so thankful. And it's so important that I have this conversation on my airwaves for all of my community that can learn something from me and you as well for especially for black history month so thank you so so much how can people connect with you and the organization in the area well we have a brand new website up so yeah. uh and they are and we have a couple of links to it so uh just google uh spokane naacp and it'll take you right to uh it'll take you right to our old website which will tie into our new website and then we'll also Amazing. be uh getting the old website kind of tuned up as well, but all you got to do is hit Spokane NAACP, Google it up. It'll direct you right to the spot, become a member, become involved, join a yes. committee, um, yep. get involved in the conversations. We have a MailChimp uh, based on our membership past and present. That's at sure. least 1500 wide. And Amazing. so we are constantly updating on all of this important legislation, these conversations, our general meetings, um, uh, uh, things like Black History Month, the you know the up and coming Carl Maxey Center here in Spokane. Yeah, uh, so exciting. Yeah, black black and brown businesses, you know, and and as we're having these conversations, you know, we've always have got to remember that, you know, that our 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 dark skinned human family are not the only ones that have suffered from right. slavery and racism, right? Right. Is that the who the whose land we're on? You know, right. at all times, even us, we are on stolen land. We were okay. brought over here and 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 used as as labor to build up this uh, uh, local and national infrastructure on land that was taken mm -hmm. from right. our, you know, from indigenous. Not even cultures. theirs in the first place. Right. 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 So we really need to hold that at all times. Understand that this is our indigenous human family here, um, mm -hmm. and that we are also. Uh, you know, we are also uh, guests here as well, um, as well as, um, uh, you know, collaborators and uh, um, stewards of what we have now. Right. Mm -hmm. So to, right. to make sure that we're always lifting up that intersectionality and that complexity 
right? Mm -hmm. uh, that we're lifting up their voice as well as ours. And that when we're talking about Black Lives Matter, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about Native Lives Matter. We're talking about Asian Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. We're talking mm -hmm. about all lives matter. Well, first, yeah. we got to start out with the fact that Black and Brown lives haven't mattered here. And they right. need to now. And when we start with that conversation, we start the conversation out with race. And we reverse engineer from there. We can start getting to the core of really uh, uh, healing and shifting some of these um, just uh, horrendous human harms that have gone on in this country for far too long. And we do that by loving and embracing our culture, uh, rediscovering it, embracing our human family, um, embracing um, and really embracing, you know, our um our Caucasian uh, human family as well, because I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you this, uh, Jordy, um, yeah. and, you know, that they're even in more of a cage than we are. Mm -hmm. You know, they have to live with what they've done. Mm -hmm. You know, that's deep. You know, so they uh, they need liberation, too, but not right. at the expense of us. Absolutely. Right. That's deep. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, Curtis, I hope you'll come back sometime. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on and just talking with us about this important, huge subject. And not only to me, but in just our evolution, especially right now. So I thank you so, so much. Mm. It was so nice to talk to, with you. Yeah, Jordy, absolutely. Love it. Look forward to Okay. It. Thank you so, so much. I hope everyone was able to take away a few gems from that conversation because the whole organization means so, so much to me and they obviously do incredible work. The NAACP is not just iconic, but it does impactful work. And that's exactly what we want to showcase here on Jordy Radio, isn't it, people? The Spokane chapter was incredibly kind to me last year when I was getting pushed out from the news organization and they were there for me and they tried to be there for me and... That is why I will spend forever praising them. So I want to thank Curtis, I want to thank Lisa, and I want to thank Kiantha for giving me the time and trying to put this all together and allowing me to have a conversation with you. So coming up next week, we will have more amazing, thought-provoking conversations surrounded around Black History Month on the show. So I love you. Have an amazing week. I'll talk to you soon.